Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrew, for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm here with Chris Ragg and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights. And this week, we're discussing when you should ignore official advice. Uh, Nick, can you kick us off, please? Yeah, well, um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, a town in Derbyshire called Whaley Bridge uh, suffered some heavy rain and a nearby dam was was damaged in the surge of water. Um, so officials then evacuated about 1,500 people from part of the town, which was in danger of being flooded if this dam had broken. Um, the RAF was on hand to plug the gap with sa- uh, sandbags and stuff, and it, you know they weren't sure it's touch and go, apparently. Anyway, the dam's fine uh, now, but at the time, quite a few people... Dam's fine. Yeah, bad. Uh, quite a few people um, went back to the houses against the official advice and uh i heard a debate on the radio about you know whether or not these people were selfish scumbags who were basically you know gonna have to be rescued by someone if the dam broke or whether you know well actually it's perfectly fine what do officials know what they're talking about and i know my own life better and so on and i thought it was an interesting question and you know obviously the issue of you know, official information and experts and the extent to which we trust them has been fairly live recently. And so, you know, that's the question, really. How, when, when does the official advice, when should we trust it? When should we ignore it? And is there, are there some simple rules we can use? I mean, is this about information asymmetry? Is that what it's about? I, I think that is a part, that is part of it. Uh, Chris? Well, I was just going to say, on behalf of Aleph Insights, uh, the um, the time to ad- ignore official advice is is uh, never, of course, uh, on uh, on our on our say so. So uh, you know, just to, uh, um, to our legal that, to, our legal to, team yeah, our would legal like team us to point has, out, specified that uh, this is a theoretical discussion. Um, so yes, if you are told to evacuate your home, please do. Um, but yes. Okay, so um, yeah, I, I don't see where we go. I, let, let, let's see where we go with this. I think we can wrap this podcast up in five minutes. I think because surely most of the time you should be. Look, let's think of some times when officials have given out given out warnings and it's gone wrong. And well, in fact, and actually yeah. in this case, it's not that it's gone wrong. It's just that what they thought could happen, and if it did happen, would have been let's presume catastrophic. Mm. Um, Hey, it just didn't happen, and they and even the, the officialdom at the time would have said, "Look, we're hoping this won't happen. We're doing everything we can stop it happening. But if just in case it does, you need to do this." Yeah, which seems like pretty good. Yeah, advice. I'm not. I'm not saying that the people who went back to their house were right, mm. but I'm also not definitely saying that they were wrong either. I mean, you know, like certainly in this case, it seems to me it may well depend on why you have to go back. You know, you might have a dog you need to feed, or you might yeah. it might be the case that you know you have some essential business you need to do, and your house is the only place you can do it. And, you can um, only poo in your own loo. Something like that. <laughs> Some people are like that, aren't they? And it's backed up with flooding, though. It's going yeah. to be a mess. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I, you know, it, those people, presumably, for a given level of risk, have a higher return to yeah. offset against that risk. And those people, you know, the kind of standard advice everyone get out, given that the risk wasn't 100%, we know that because it didn't happen. So there, there was some level of risk and those people may well have been rationally saying, well, you know, that, that I can, I'm can, i taking account of that risk and I'll go back. And I think the and thing I, about evacuation is it obviously is a one-size-fits-all measure. You know, everybody leaves and everybody is treated with the same 
the same treatment effectively and um you know looking at the looking at the specifics uh of a dam bursting you know in the uk it's very very rare i think the last one that caused uh fatalities was the dale dyke reservoir which did kill 244 people but that was in 1864 and the the only other sort of major dam failure there's been since then is one in Wales, which which we destroyed in planning for the the dam busters uh, mission. But in the states, to, to, it's a totally different picture. Since Ooh. 1900, uh, there have been uh, well, how many how many incidents of dam failure since 1900? Since 1900 in the states, they obviously have loads more dams than us. 100. No, not that many. Thirty-two, which oh, I thought okay. was quite was was quite a lot. Okay. Uh, but Bit the vast majority one. of those, since you have to go back to to nineteen eighty, uh, nineteen ninety-six, until there was a, a fatality, but that was only one one person, and back to to the nineteen nineteen seventy-seven, uh, which was the um, Kelly uh, Davies Day um, Bridge uh, Dam, uh, which killed thirty-nine people. But um, but since since that time most of them have have um have have not caused fatalities but some of those have involved evacuations of thousands of 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 people uh and rightful evacuations um so, yeah i mean so. i mean I, I suppose the problem is we uh you know that we are trying to make um I, the problem is that it looks like there's no downside uh to evacuating people because it looks like well you're you're helping them and you know if it floods or doesn't flood well it's fine what's the cost you know but there is a cost to evacuation it's a massive pain in the ass and and uh, i mean there there have been situations like in hurricane katrina where the evacuation was a total catastrophe you know where people were stuck in a stadium for days without any sanitation or food um because they were told to go there but the you know the authorities were completely unprepared uh in yeah. terms of actually being able to get them out um, and and I, I sort of think, well, actually, the thing is that I, I probably what I want, I want to be told what the risk is. That's what I want. I don't want to be told evacuate or don't evacuate. I want someone to say we think there's a 40 percent chance this dam will break and this is what will happen if it does. And then I can make that decision, you know, now. And I think part of the problem is that we've sort of got into an equilibrium where the government assume the authorities assume we're stupid and we behave stupidly as a result you know and and so the government will say that this dam could break we, we're evacuating you without really giving you the information about how likely it is and then some people probably like me say well you know i bet the it's i've got i bet i could get but i'll probably be all right you know and i don't really i'm not really there's probably a less than 50 percent chance of this happening and i'm probably not going to die so i've got to make those assumptions and you know i'll go back and then if it does happen of course they, they will say oh well look at these stupid people they didn't evacuate we can't give them we can't rely on people making sensible decisions because even when we tell them to leave they don't so i i feel like there's a sort of fundamental problem there which is you know we we it's 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 almost like communication is deliberately dumbed down and if you look at you know well certainly a topic dear to my heart things like medical advice about what you should eat or or how much booze you should drink a lot of the time you know it is massively oversimplified and 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 that that's you know as soon as someone like me says well i can tell this is oversimplified or you know well this is different advice to what it was 5 years ago i start thinking well how do i know that this is any brighter than the last lot you know and um and so i think yeah i think i think the the problem is that it is deliberately simplified and as a result i'm right not to really trust it that much so, I, th I think I think 
I think one of the one of the issues is that um, you know there are there are some people who act as rational actors, but a lot of the way people make decisions in these circumstances, you know, in relation to, to uh, official advice or, or advice from an authority, seems to be driven by. Um, by their peer group, you know. So if, if people, you know, if 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 the vol- if smoke's coming out the top of uh, of the volcano and you're in Pompeii and nobody else is fleeing, then you might you know you, know, you might r- remain around. And you know you see that with things like um, the anti-vaccers, you know, and and uh, um, the sort of MMR scandal. You know, most of that was was driven by sort of people realizing that their you know some parent at their schools their children's school wasn't wasn't doing it and was you know espousing how it was a bad thing to to vaccinate your children and so on um and so i suppose they're just reacting uh to that uh you know that that sense of well if if we don't if we don't insist on this and we don't mandate it then you know once you get a few people who break it others will will follow them mm. um so uh, yes yeah, it's, it's a it's a difficult yeah i'm, I'm, I'm not... slightly confused in you know thinking about this of, of when i take advice uh, official advice when i don't i mean thinking i'm sure all the time i take advice like for example I, okay it is the law now but wearing a seatbelt, even if it even if it wasn't the law i probably would wear a seatbelt all the time still but if it was um, 40 years ago you wouldn't you probably wouldn't yeah and if probably not and in fact i remember when i lived in the middle east actually i lived in a country where it, this was only 18 years ago where I didn't have to wear a seatbelt and actually I didn't. So oh, really? God, I can't, I feel naked without a yeah. seatbelt. Yeah, I can't. Um, but also, but actually, I'd, I, I think these days I probably would um, take the advice. Um, I try not to smoke. Um, you know, I try to sort of follow that advice. One bit of advice I tend not Yeah, but do you follow it because it's advice or do you follow it because it's simply fa- a fact that yeah, you're, yeah, you're likely latter. to get yeah, a chronic... Yeah, right, the latter. Or, or um, so but but that's an judge. interesting point, right? So what's what's the distinction because for most people they they don't have access to or or for a lot of circumstances like if you asked you know if you provide if you told an individual this dam may or may not burst they would feel sort of um naked in their ignorance about about that and not qualified to make a judgment about its probability the impact of it um you know uh, how it might unfold what the indicators would be that it was about to unfold and so on so the official advice becomes to them the best source of fact and knowledge that they that they have and so they're trusting in the authority not in the information it's itself Mm. as such um yeah i mean i mean and there's the problem that's in a sense why we have things like building regulations because in a free market the sort of total free market solution would be to say well Building regulations impose a cost, and it might be that some people are willing to accept uh, that a risk, you know, uh, uh, by having, you know, unsafe electrical wiring or something. They can have a cheaper house and there's a higher risk that they might die, but they might be willing to accept that. But I think the the principle of regulations is that it's actually very costly to acquire that information um, to, to, under, to, you know, you do, you've got to go and get a kind of degree in electrical engineering, really, to be able to properly appraise these things. Um, and and so, uh, you know, the reason we have these sort of slightly dumb regulations that just say, well, you have to do this stuff. You've got to have walls this thick. You've got to have, make sure that you've got, you know, wiring which is insulated in this way is because we don't not only do we not trust people to be able to make those judgments themselves, but that we're right not to. 
It, it would impose, you know, and we sort of think, well, if people seriously sat down and looked at this, they'd make the same trade-offs by and large. People would say, well, actually, the additional cost, the £5 it costs me to insulate this wire is, is worth it. It's worth it in terms of the reduction in risk. And so we make that judgment for people. And I suspect in this in these sorts of cases, it's a similar thing. It's like, well, we could tell you all about exactly what's going on with this dam. And, you know, we could give you the structural information. And, uh, you, you, you know, we could even tell you an assessment of how probable it is that it's going to break. But we don't think that any of you are going to be able to interpret that properly. And we, and we think that if you did, you would come to the same conclusion that you should leave. And I, th- I think so. So that's where I think, you know, the nanny state kind of works. Where I think the, the problem is, is um, in, in when they start to determine how much you care about the outcomes. So like the guy, um, the, the Mount St. Helens uh, eruption that killed, I think, about 57, 57 people. Um, there was a there was a guy who became famous, uh, uh, Harry R. Truman. Oh, he was excellent. Um, that guy. Who, who I ain't leaving. <laughs> exactly, I ain't leaving. Um, but he was eighty three years old, right? And he he probably made the judgment that. Um, sorry, his, I'm eighty three. Uh, sorry, I'm eighty three. So my life, you know, only has a certain value at this point anyway. But nobody can really. A government should not be telling people how much they care about things like like that you know emotional decisions yeah but i but i i, I mean the trouble is that that what happened it, to harry truman in the end nobody ever found his body um oh, really? that was, yeah. some say <laughs> he's still there yeah, saying exactly. he's not he certainly yeah. didn't leave I, anyway i can't help but feel there's a moral in there somewhere yeah. Yeah. um no i mean i i know but i get particularly grieved by uh the british medical association whose whose aim is basically to try and keep everyone alive at any cost uh, and to completely ignore considerations of the utility you get out of life. And um, they are always pressing for more laws about stuff, you know, to ban things that are higher, you know, above a certain percentage of fat or contain a certain amount of sugar, you know. And and uh, that drives me mad. Uh, and, and, and at the same time, I kind of accept, well, that it probably works. I mean, I was a huge opponent of banning smoking in pubs. Um, and, but I guess it has had an effect. I mean, I, you know, my view was that if you don't like it, don't go into them. Don't spoil pubs for the people who like to go and have a pint and a fag. You know, that's my decision. I am taking that risk. I, even if I don't smoke, I'm taking taking a risk by going in myself. I don't have to. No one's forcing me to go into a pub. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm taking on the risk, whatever risk there is with passive smoking. It's all well understood. Why why are we having to ban it? And, and, I, and I get sort of, uh, yeah, I'm, I have an instinctive reaction against, you know, anything which looks like, oh, they're going to ban bacon. I think, well, no, but I love bacon. You know, if they're going to start slapping taxes on it and stuff, I don't it's then ignoring the fact that I'm willing to trade off some quality of life or length of life in order to have a life full of bacon, you know, and and, and that's 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 where it gets annoying. As Chris said, I think it's about that uh, making assumptions about your utility function or particularly overriding your utility function. And we're saying, well, you, you think you like it, but we think you shouldn't. You shouldn't like this. We, yeah. You should go and eat, you know, five portions of fruit and vegetables a day, and and not eat any bacon, yeah. or eat bacon once a week, or drink whatever absurd, absurdly low um, number of units you're supposed to drink at these days. I think it's now twenty one units, which is sort of works out at half a pint. That's a, a Monday morning, day isn't or something. It? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's an absurd okay. amount. Okay, so where we? I mean, sorry, just yeah. one final thing. Oh well, there we go. I've got that off my chest. I sound a bit like Nigel Farage, for yeah. which I apologise. <laughs> But um, I think yeah, you... I, well, I, I've, I've distilled what I think are some general rules, actually. Go on, then. So when you should trust advice, it's when that person, because here are some things you should look for, right, to know whether you should 
in general should trust this that the person has more access to information than you and i and i think certainly in the case of the dam you could certainly say the people who are dealing with the situation probably have some good information about uh about its probability of breaking that you're not party to um you know there are people who are structural engineers who have uh, who understand what's going on more than you do mm. um that there is enough of the right kind of data so you know actually there are some cases where we where the authorities are telling people what to do but they themselves don't uh, yeah, yeah they're they're ignorant and, we're, the and we orthodoxy yeah, yeah so, that we yeah. That they don't really know what's happening if you look at something like Grenfell the Grenfell fire where a lot of the people who who died um uh, were given standard advice to stay put because you know in is a block of flats uh block fires in blocks of flats are almost impossible uh given regulations you know that have been written in blood over the years that contain fires incredibly well within houses but the problem here was that the fire was going up the outside of the of the uh building and and now you know that's not something because of this cladding and mm. and the, the authorities didn't necessarily know that you understand that that was happening yeah. um so uh, then, then uh, and also that you're not in some way quite unusual because the advice is for everyone now if you're a tail in some way like if you and again, this is, comes back to the advice of uh, to the to the idea that you you might have a particularly good reason, you know, for for needing to be somewhere or doing yeah. something. Well, it's like travel advice is a great example of that, where you know you've you, you, all the countries that are on the FCO's ban or not banned, but you know do not travel to to this uh, to this place like Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Yemen, Libya, all the places you might expect being on there. Uh, you yes, you shouldn't travel to them unless you know you uh, know a lot about that area yourself, for example, or or if you're you know you're a terrorist, for example, wanting to go to that country, and in which case you're probably perfectly safe there, and you're not going to get uh, um, uh, kidnapped <laughs> or blown up because you'll be the the one doing that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so yeah, I think that uh, that exceptions to the rule is a is a is a good point. Yeah. Was there was there more on your list? Or was that it? No, I think those are the those are the things that you should think about. Um, but in general, you should assume that those things aren't true, right? So, so this issue of am I exceptional? Everyone thinks they are. I think this is part of the problem. But on average, most people aren't exceptional by definition, right? So if 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 everyone was exceptional, that would be normal. Yeah. So so you you should start with the assumption that you are probably in the same position as everyone else. That your needs are not particularly greater. That your the utility that you have is not particularly bigger or smaller than other people. Um, that I think is something which is uh which is very difficult to do. It's very difficult <laughs> to sort of accept. Well, okay, this seems like a pain in the ass, but actually it's a pain in the ass for everyone. And um. Sorry, what were you going to well, say? Well, there's one thing that we've not talked about, which is the the the, the party giving the advice, the, the assumption that they're acting in good faith. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, for example, I think on maybe this is not quite this, but I think on aeroplanes you get told to do all sorts of stuff. But I, th I think some of it is just to make the life easier for the for the for the airline. I think maybe this isn't exactly that, but I think this thing about turning off your mobile phone and stuff like that. That's all bollocks on on airplanes, and that's for different reasons. Not necessarily. I think there is an absolutely yet. minuscule risk or something, yeah. but now they don't even ask you to do that. But same planes that we've had for twenty years, but mysteriously now you don't have to turn your phones off, right? So what changed? Yeah. Why yeah, did? Yeah. Why should we have trusted them before? Right. And that's that's you know? that's the thing. For for me, the interesting thing is about the the orthodoxy and authority, mm. and most of the time. Individuals don't have the information the authority do. So, you know, look at things like the Catholic Church and um, Copernican 
planetary motion, right? There was a stage when that was banned and, you know, Galileo was tried for suspected heresy and convicted, uh, you know, for preaching about about um, heliocentricity, you know, and, and, mm. and so on. Um, but at some point, the authority doesn't have the best uh information there's 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 the um there's the case of uh of um, barry marshall uh who who won a nobel prize for that he was the stomach ulcer guy who um you know the the scientific orthodoxy said that this it, this was primarily caused by stress and environmental conditions and he was um tying it to this particular type of bacteria and he made himself a concoction of the bacteria drank it gave himself an ulcer and cured himself uh, using, you know, antibiotics and demonstrated to the scientific community that this was the case. But he was the only one he could he could he could test it on. But, um, you know, it's when when do we know like climate change is a great example, right? The Mm. orthodoxy state has a has a particular position. And, you know, most of us are inclined to go along with that position. But Mm. we're not doing the 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 climate change. change science ourselves we're seeing some fairly convincing evidence and so on but when is it right to look at the orthodoxy not having more information and dismiss it and as nick was saying most of the time probably it's not sensible to do that but some sometimes it must be yeah i mean i think i think what it almost always boils down to for me is don't just tell me to do something explain explain why that's the right thing to do what is the data? What are the what is the evidence? You know, and um, that doesn't seem very practical to me, though. Uh, maybe not in an emergency. I'm not necessarily saying in. Maybe an emergency. you are standing at the door arguing. It's more with this. the lifestyle stuff. So yeah. it's thing. It would be it, this would be more like you know uh, the diet advice and advice medical advice. I mean, so medical advice really has changed significantly in a number of areas over mm. the years. You know, from things like um, you know the the uh, uh, I mean, just two examples that spring to mind was that. Uh, the advice used to be for pregnant women to lay off nuts in case their baby was allergic to nuts and um you know and then and then it turned out that actually uh, eating not eating nuts while pregnant is 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 more likely to give your baby a nut allergy than if you eat the nuts while oh. pregnant so it's more dangerous so the, the advice was flipped round and flossing flossing used to be what all the dentists told you to do and then they decided i think recently that flossing was unnecessary oh, or really? was harmful yeah Cool. Now I hate sounding like you know the the, the sort Daily of Mail. Da- Daily Mail and 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 you know now asparagus gives you cancer one week and then it doesn't the next week and all oh, they don't know what they're talking about because these are isolated cases but they are they do you know uh, they do happen it does so but I but I always think well what's the study that's is based on you know where is the evidence that shows that um, that you know having five portions of fruit and vegetables a day is causally related to re- a reduction in in heart disease now if it's there great that's 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 really it that's all and i think that's a reasonable thing to to require i feel that we need to fuel this discussion further with a few pints down the pub with some fags you know sure and except they won't let you do that anymore (laughs) you get arrested now don't you if you try and have more than three (laughs) three units at a single sitting um just round this off um I want to finish it off. There's one bit of advice um, that I really enjoy flouting, which is film censorship stuff. So uh, not censorship. What do they call it? Registry. What's the word? I'm Classification. Like? Classification. Yeah. There you Certification. Go. Yeah. So because there's loads of films that I really enjoy and I'd like to share with, with my kids as well. But the, the, they 
the, the they won't the, let you. They won't they? let you. Won't let you watch a fifteen at home yeah. now. Debbie does Dallas. No, no, no. <laughs> so, for example, um, the Revenant. I love that film. Mm. Okay. Or I love the beginning of it, where all the Indians attacking and the bear, and also yeah, Native uh, Americans. Native Americans. Thank you. Sorry. Yeah. I, and um, but yeah, I watched that with my kids, and my. To be fair, one of them was pretty traumatized by it, but one of them absolutely loved it. And it's, yeah, and, no, you know, I, it's I think that seems and, like it. Would and be I often okay. have these arguments with my wife about what films I'm allowed to watch with my kids or not. So I'm always pushing that, pushing that barrier, pushing that envelope. Uh, yeah, as any 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 um, uh, regulations that you enjoy flouting? Well, I, th- I think for me, the one that I enjoy watching people flouting is um, I live um, on the south coast and yeah. uh, near places like Durdle Door and some of the sort of famous, um, you know, cliffscapes. Yeah. Uh, and you get a lot of tourists taking pictures by the edge of cliffs. And I always love watching that happen because, you know, every sort of few years, one of them, one of them falls off, falls off, drops off. <laughs> and, 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 it's, and, and that one for me is just so, so self, I mean, yeah. Okay. So there's not obviously, Thousands of tourists do it, and only one drops off every so so many years. But but that just I, I just there's something um, sort of ironic about about yeah. uh, watching watching that happen and just knowing how potentially dangerous it is. It's not about that. I quite like. There's that famous example in the last six months or so of this woman um, in America, I think at the Grand Canyon, um, taking selfies, and everyone going, no, "You shouldn't do that." And, um, and sure enough, suddenly someone, turned, her boyfriend turns around and goes, where's she gone? Yeah, <laughs> and, exactly. And, um, and I think there's photos of other people of where you can see her doing her selfie right yeah. really close to the edge. But, but yeah. yeah. Um, the phone survived. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nick? Yeah, I don't... I don't uh, it doesn't really make much difference to me. To be honest, I don't think my lifestyle is affected by official advice, by and large. Um, I don't do things because they are or aren't contained in official advice. But I do often, my daughter is obsessed with, she's terrified of breaking the law by mistake. You know, and, and, and if you, we, we, you know, you park in a space where there's nothing that says you can park, but nothing that says you can't, she'll say, are you sure we're allowed to park here? And, or we'll go be going on a, on a walk and there'll be a sign saying, you know, this is a permissive pathway. And she's like, oh, are you sure we're allowed on here? So that's what I enjoy. I enjoy d- d- like in a completely safe way, uh, d- b- doing what she thinks is really risky, dangerous, illegal mm. activity, like like walking on a footpath or parking in a parking bay, which isn't clearly marked. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I get quite a lot of that without a very little cost. And actually, sorry, just to finish things off, in the same sort of vein, I've got um, at my house, the first thing you see when you come in my house is a periodic table uh, on, the, on the wall of, of swearing, okay? <laughs> And it's all these kind of made-up swear, and it and it gets filthy, and it's and 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 actually, sure enough, as as sort of the the atomic mass of swearing um, is it gets heavier, the the swear words and the combinations get heavier as well. And the reason I really like that having that there is not because I I'm a huge fan of swearing, although I am. Um, it's it's because you're not meant to do that. It's purely because it's not transgressive, meant to swear, yeah. You know, and yeah. that's what I like about it. But but yeah, okay. Uh, well, on that note, um, we'll we'll finish off. Thank you as always for listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGrewer. We've been here with Chris Rag and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights. And until next week, bye bye. Mm-hmm.